Welcome to the Church on a Hill podcast with Tim Seavers and Pastor Corey from Palouse <clears throat> Federated Church in Palouse, Washington. It's good to be back with you. Uh, welcome back to the show, everybody. And this uh, this week we have, um, we're going to talk a little bit about Lent, a little bit about soup suppers, a little yeah. bit about cynicism, and a lot or the most of... <laughs> The podcast, hopefully, about Obadiah. Obadiah. Or Obi. Obi. As you said, Obi. Good old Obi. Uh, Obi. Yeah, yeah, so where should we start? Lent. Lent. We're in the season of Lent, one of uh, our favorite seasons. I think yeah. I can speak for you there. We enjoy this around here. A season of reflection. Um, some of us doing some fasting type things, but but definitely reflecting on our need for Christ, which we want to do all the year round. But this is an intentional season where we make sure our life is oriented or centered on Christ mm. um, and yeah. ask very intentionally um, God to show us things that need to be changed in our life. So it can be a, a deep season of joy and also discomfort. Um, things might get uprooted, but... Things also might get planted, so to speak. So, um, love the season of Lent. We do some extra stuff. We usually have an intentional sermon series and soup supper series. It's a lot of S's right, there. That is, yeah. yeah sermon so series, soup supper, supper series. Wednesday nights for the next six weeks uh, up until Holy Week, which is what? Mid-April? So, April 8th is the last soup supper, okay. I think. So... Um, the first Wednesday is the first soup supper. The first Wednesday in March, I should say, is the first soup supper. Soup served at 6.30. That's right. Soup is served at 6.30. On the nose. Yes. So if you have <laughs> soup to serve, come earlier. Yes. Um, <laughs> and get set up to serve at 6.30. And the devotion is right around 7 o'clock. Right. Um, so there's plenty of time to get first, seconds, maybe even thirds, mm-hmm. and have some fellowship with some of the people... Yeah, have come to join us. Yeah, the and the soup is wonderful. Always. We've had a bunch of people sign up for soups, to bring soups already. If you missed out on that, there's sign-ups here. You can bring soup in the upcoming weeks. Um, youth group will still be happening. They're going to meet at 6.15 to worship a bit first and then join us for soup. Sometimes they'll join us for the devotion, and sometimes they'll go do their own, their own youth thing. groupy thing yeah. downstairs. Um and, yeah, so that it'll be busy busy on Wednesday nights. We'll still have our Wednesday night Bible study for those who want to, or if you're looking for a Bible study. We'll start Bible study after the Soup Supper wraps up, after the devotion, right there in the Fellowship Hall. For whoever wants to stay, we'll have a, a 40, 45-minute lesson. Um, right now we're in Second Thessalonians, but we're soon to be in First Timothy. I was just going to yeah, ask very if you close. were ready to... Getting close to making a transition. We're, we're in the last chapter of, of Second Thessalonians, and it really goes. The last chapter usually goes quick. Goes a little faster. It's you know Paul and his team saying goodbye, yeah. and, and it's not always as theologically deep. Sure, so it goes yeah. kind of quick. Anyway, okay, all right. Uh, so well, Lent, yeah, soup suppers Wednesday six thirty. Uh, devotions are going to be based on our 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 book for Lent called "Didn't See It Coming" by Carrie Newhoff. Um, and the subtitle, and we talked about this in previous podcasts, but the subtitle is Overcoming the Seven Greatest Challenges That No One is Expects and Everyone Experiences. And so um, one of the, the first challenge in the book is cynicism. And so our first Wednesday night devotion 
uh, is going to be done by me on cynicism and how God can help us uh, overcome cynicism. Um, and I'll be sharing a little bit from the book and a little bit from my life. Um, not that I'm perfect in this area, but uh, so you, you, wouldn't, doing that. you wouldn't want to be a perfect cynic. Sin of cynicism, uh, I was thinking right? a perfectly overcome. Cynicism. Oh, okay. I think okay. I still struggle with it on and off. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, I agree. You don't want to be a perfect cynic. Um, so we'll we'll discuss that a bit. Um, it, we'll do the devotion at Bishop Place too. I'm going to actually give it to the Bishop Place folks first this Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you and I are going to do a podcast. Uh, you look for that podcast on each of the major topics in the book. Um, so there will be a, a podcast on cynicism and how we how it can enter our life. We don't see it coming. We nobody grows up saying I want to be the world's biggest cynic, or you know. But it happens. We get the so. cynical phases in our life, and we don't see them coming. And that's kind of our our theme of things we don't see or uh, things we overlook, but they they impact us. So, um, so we'll look at cynicism in a podcast, in a devotion at Bishop place and check out the book. Um, it was a bestseller. Uh, so you could probably find it in bookstores, but we have a bunch of supply here because let's face it, there, it's hard to find books on the Palouse sometimes, at least new books. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, a, a Christian. Yeah. Book. yeah. So, uh, we've got plenty we and do. plenty of you already have it. Um, I think there's close to 30 or more copies out there already. Yeah. Yeah. So if you asked for one, there's probably one at the church right now with your name with on your it. With your name on it. On a post-it note. We didn't write it on the no. book. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Any so other things related to Lent that we want to talk about besides the sermon series? I don't think we're... so. Those are the key things right here at the beginning of Lent. Uh, as we approach Holy Week, there will be a lot more activity. Yeah. But that's six weeks away. Yeah. So yeah. we've got time. And, you know, some people say, what is, why are you guys doing uh, Lent? You're, we're Protestants, you know. Lent's a we Catholic are. thing. No. It's, but it's not. It's a Christian it's thing. It's a Christian thing, yeah. It's ancient. There's uh, Protestant and Catholics participate in Lent. Um, you know, if you do it uh, the right way, it's just an intentional season of focusing on Christ, focusing on our need to repent or, uh, or change in some parts of our life. Um, so it's not about penance or earning God's love or anything like that um it's not a forced thing either it's voluntary it's it's yeah. wonderful yeah i think i think it's a time when we can really get closer to god too and uh you know we talk a lot a lot of time the conversation around lent is about giving something up yeah and we've talked about that before and and that's okay you can do that and i my facebook feed yesterday was full of people who were swearing off Social media for yeah. for the next six weeks. I'm gonna have no friends on social it's, media. It's always you know? fun to like check out. Like, it's just like, are they really being? Yeah, yeah. are they really, are they really yeah. doing it? Um, <laughs> but it's also a time where historically in the church, people have added practices too, right? Spiritual yeah. practices to help deepen their relationship. So maybe you haven't been reading the Bible regularly, and you want to dive into like a scripture yeah. reading plan for Lent, or maybe uh, you want to add prayer, you know, a dedicated prayer time and kind of develop that discipline in your life right. and really nurture your faith and, and, and use that as a launching pad into the rest of the year. Um, so it really is a great time for that reflection and to try to, 
you know, find some way to, to, to grow in our relationship with Christ. Amen. So. Yeah, so it's not just about subtraction. It's uh, often about addition. Um, and I'm, I'm starting a reading plan on the Bible app, version. Um Actually, from this book, didn't yeah, see accompanying based. I forgot I need to click the oh, button. Be on. There's I a bunch of folks already doing it. I have to click it. the button that says accept. Okay. Well, I didn't cool. That it's yet, just but. a five-day reading plan. You can start it at any time. A bunch of us are starting it um, um, on the Thursday after Ash Wednesday. Uh, but if who knows when you're listening to this. So you could you could do it on your own. Uh, you could find another reading plan. Um, and we're, I think that's one of the options on the communication card this Sunday is a reading plan for yeah. Lent. There's a bunch of options. Um, you don't have to be computer savvy uh, to do that. Um, so, um, And if you're Catholic listening to this, uh, if any of my comments sounded anti-Catholic, that was not the intention. No. Okay, good. I, good. I, yeah. hope, I hope they didn't. I don't I, think that they were, uh, but yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Good. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> We cleared that up. Uh, <laughs> That's clear as mud. Yeah. So uh, there's you, there's you go. There's Lent. So for our our Lent sermon series, we're doing overlooked and powerfully brief. Yeah. Overlooked and powerly, powerfully brief. brief. So basically, books and sections of the Bible that are not as well known. Maybe that if, if you flipped a few too many pages, you'd skip right over and never know it was what, there, right? Like, yeah. Somebody at Bible study said yeah. if the, if two pages were stuck, stuck together, together, they would have never known Obadiah was there. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's not like, you know, Psalms that has 150 chapters or Isaiah, which yeah. has, you can flip and you're still, oh, when am I ever going to get out of yeah. Isaiah or when am I right. ever going to get out of the Psalms? These are just one, two page books of the Bible. Um if if that if we didn't have if we weren't reading from a study Bible it'd probably be a half a page yeah you know I mean uh, without all the notes you know right. so depends on can, the size of the font you can skip over them so easily and yet there are so many important truths uh, and wisdom from God for us in those books yep or else they wouldn't be there right that's right they are the Word of God and yeah. and so we're really only doing one from the Old Testament which is Obadiah. Yeah. And then we will um, do second and third John. They are each going to get their own week. And then it's if I got the order right, it's Philemon. Correct. And then Jude. Hey Jude. Yeah. So those are all New Testament. And then for the Palm Sunday uh, scripture, we're going to do um, Simon of Cyrene, who is a just a brief character, but a named character mm-hmm. in the life of Jesus, who ends up uh, carrying the cross uh, of Christ for Jesus. Um, and then for Resurrection Sunday, we, I have never preached about, uh, well, I preached about him, but not on Easter Sunday. Uh, John, uh, John, why am I saying John? Did I say? I don't know why you said Joseph, that. Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea. Yeah. Oh, I knew it was wrong that, as soon as I said it. He's the one that, that's, that's, he's a, the one that guarded the Holy Grail, right? No. Tim, no? Tim, no. Joseph yeah, of Arimathea. In, in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which is Joseph of Arimathea accurate. is a oh. real person. What you're talking about is a movie from the 80s oh, uh, or 90s. Sorry. Maybe it was early 90s. Anyway, uh, Joseph of Arimathea gave the tomb that Christ was laid in. Um, and so that is an important historical story, and we're going to consider it when we consider the resur- resurrection. Okay, so, cool. so for today, though, Obadiah. 
Obadiah. Our overlooked and powerfully briefed. Obadiah is a the shortest book in the Old Testament, one chapter, 21 verses. We're not exactly sure when it's from, although I think the 6th century B.C. or around 586 B.C. to get specific. That's what I think. Others debate that. The reason they debate it is because it's, it's a book... Um, well, written by a prophet that we don't know when he lived, Obadiah, because there's no historical details about him in the Bible or in the book itself, right? And um, and the the topic uh, that it deals with is God's kind of condemnation of Edom, um, a neighboring country, actually the descendants of Esau, if you remember the brothers uh, Jacob and Esau, um, and uh and Edom became a nation, and at times they were um, not good allies with with Israel or Judah. And so they they at, they at times. yeah there was there was very little times when they were good friends. Let's put it that way. <laughs> there we so, go. Yeah. Okay. So most of the time they were. So it's hard to pick out which time is right. is this uh, referring punishment. To, yeah. uh, you know, being. Uh, given for which right, which right. which because it which speaks time. into many situations <coughs> right many points in history uh, where the relationship was stressed and it could have yeah. yeah and basically because of uh some similarities to jeremiah 49 um and because of i i think some tradition ar- arguments i i think that that and, and I'm, we're losing the whole audience here as i try to describe this but i think this comes from just about 600 years before Christ when Edom took advantage of Babylon beating up on Judah. Right. And they did that instead of coming to their aid, um, instead of helping them. And so the book of Judah is about God saying, you know what? I've had quite enough, Edom. Yes. And I'm going to send a guy named Obadiah, and he's, gonna, he's going to tell you uh, off, basically. Things, he's yeah. Yeah, He's going to tell you... A thing or two, and you're not going to like what he has here. Like so, it. <laughs> so what's interesting is this book is written to Jewish people, to Judah, but it's written about what's going to happen to Edom or Esau's descendants. Um, you know, your survivors shall be terror stricken. Uh, you know, and uh, because you stood aloof, you know, when when your brothers needed help, and it says on the day the stranger seized his wealth. And aliens entered his gates, and for Jerusalem they cast lots, and you were as one of them. So you were as good as um, Jerusalem's enemies. Uh, instead of coming to their aid, um, you you were gloating, basically. And so then one of the key verses, verse 15, says, As you have done, it shall be done to you. Um, so it's, it is a book of holy vengeance, mm. in a sense. But it's God executing the vengeance. Yeah. I want to be clear, or declaring no. the vengeance. Um, yeah, that's not looking too good for Edom. No, and Edom and Edom is, does yeah. not exist anymore, for the record. Yes, uh, yes, yeah. They uh, they've kind of had a rough go of it. Yeah, yeah. So they. So yeah. Can I ask a stupid question? No, Tim. I, I, yes. I, ask a stupid. Uh, question. My mind, <laughs> uh, my mind is uh, a little tired today, and I may not be thinking clearly, but. So, did they receive the prophecy before, did they receive the words of Obadiah before they were, uh, That's hard to know. went along I, with, I, I think with I know Babylon? What you're asking. Yeah. 
because no, I, I, I'm thinking about these words, and I'm like, why would you then go ahead and do? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> right. It, it um, seems like the deed was done already. Okay. Uh, get both and, but senses, this is one so. of the things yeah. people argue about, like, well, when did this come about? Like, just it, because of the tense uh, that it's written in, the grammatical tense that's written in, it seems like it's referring to something that has happened. Right. Um, so... Uh, so Jerusalem is already, or Judah is already probably being taken into captivity. And okay. and then God calls up this prophet Obadiah to somehow get this message down. And, you know, one reason it might be short is it, it may have been a deliverable message. Now, obviously we could say the big reason is God wanted it this length. Okay? Sure, yeah. But it's a direct message with basically... You know, it has some subpoints, but one driving point, like God is declaring wrath and vengeance against you, Edom, for what you have done. And hey, you other nations, you better watch out too. Um, right. There will be a reckoning. God, God does keep track of things. So, but it, but it was written to Judah, written briefly, so they could have maybe delivered it to people if they were heading off into exile, if it was during the time of exile. Jewish people in different places in Babylon could have received this message as a message of encouragement, encouragement in a way. Yeah, like, yeah. Aha! Uh -huh. You know, Obadiah got a message from God that Edom's really going to get it because they didn't yeah. come to our aid. And so, in a strange way, it, it was in its present uh, context back then. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, in its present context <laughs> in, back then. In the it, context it, that it was delivered. <laughs> yeah, yes. That it, it would have been encouraging to the original hearers. Yeah. Now, we are in the future saying, how is this encouraging to us? Well, it, it can be encouraging to us if we're God's people. We can think, okay, God keeps track of who harms his people, and that can be encouraging to us. But it also maybe is instructive as a warning that we don't want to be in Edom's shoes, I would suggest, um, mm -hmm. because it doesn't go well for Edom, no. right? Uh, yeah. And so we, we want to be on God's side, not against God. Um, but we also don't get to play God. And be yes, good right. point. We are not the ones who get to declare this holy vengeance. Right. God, uh, God can because God sees all, sees perfectly. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. If if God knows when this this type of vengeance is necessary, and He doesn't resort to it often, um, you know, He's a patient God, a merciful God. But there are times in Scripture where we can't deny where. God says, "Okay, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let some wrath come down on you." And yeah. you know, in my limited human understanding, I assume God's doing that in order to, to help and to save more life. Because if He doesn't correct some things, things could get even worse than they already are, and they mm. do get pretty yeah. bad on planet Earth sometimes. Yes, um, and so sometimes God intervenes to stop certain movements or or nations. Um, so. Um, yeah, this is not a book given so that we have license to declare vengeance on others. Um, I think it's a book so that we know God does care about injustices done. Uh, a book warning us not to be like Edom. And, you know, if we, if we take this and connect it with Romans, let's say, Romans teaches us that we were all enemies against God, that, you know, we've all sinned and fallen short. And that, you know, without Christ's intervention, without uh, our our hearts being opened up to his love and, and turning to him in faith, we would be still in the state of enemies against him. And right. Right. 
right. and responsible to bear the wrath and punishment our, our sins deserve. And so we can, I think we can kind of put our, ourselves or imagine ourselves in the place of Edom and say, if it weren't for the grace of Christ and him taking our punishment uh, upon himself, uh, then we we would get something spiritually the same as Edom mm-hmm. is was due. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you don't want that. So thank. I God. don't want that. I don't want that for my worst enemy. Want, not no. only for myself, but like this is not good. We want we want uh, people to enjoy God and to turn to Him and to admit when they're wrong, and we want that for ourselves. Um, you know, uh, God longs for all people to be saved yeah. and to see their need uh, to turn to Him. You know, so I think we overlook a book like this uh, when it could really be um, a powerfully brief way to have like a real honesty gut check. Like, okay, yeah. am I on God's side? Mm-hmm. Um, am I just going along with what's popular? That's one of the things we talked about in Bible study, and it will come up in the sermon. Uh, because I think Edom just went along with, well, Who's the best player to hang with right now? Babylon. Yeah. <laughs> How will we not get you know destroyed? Yeah. They didn't necessarily ask, you know, what's the best way to be loyal and honor God? Well, we gotta stick with Judah no matter what. They didn't ask that. They they asked a more self interest question of, you know, how do we um how do we get the most out of this? Probably how do we survive? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um they went along with the the popular and the powerful movement. Rather Which is than, so interesting yeah. when everything we see in Scripture shows that God's kingdom is <laughs> pretty much the opposite of all that. Yeah. That it's about peace-seeking and, and, yeah. and love and not... Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, and, and Judah, you know, God's people too got off track at different times, yeah, right? Yeah. They, yeah. they sometimes went you know, and followed other gods and, and, and trusted in themselves instead of in God's power. And so we need to be real that 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 can happen to us too. We we need to ask in the season of Lent, am I overlooking something obvious? Am I really being loyal to God and to His plan? Uh, am I trusting in Him and His ways? Or, uh, you know, am I going against Him? And maybe I've rationalized it in all kinds of ways. Cause, well, this is what's best for my family. Or this is what's best for my retirement account. Or this, you know. But is it right, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, because I think in America, we often look at, you know, how does this serve me? Maybe that's just a human thing, but uh, we need to look at how does this honor God? Amen. Yeah. So Obadiah makes me think about all that stuff, and I'm glad that we get to uh, spend some time in it. Great. Yeah. Well, that's Shoot. about all the time we got. Yeah. Go get so, a book. Yeah. Join us for Soup Supper. Read Obadiah. It'll take you a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And thanks for listening. Yeah. This has been Tim and Corey coming to you from our Hilltop Studios, wishing you a blessed week.